Hi, Izzy popping in at the top of the episode to just let y'all know there was a bit of an audio snafu with this set of audio, and there's a weird echo on Kit's side of me talking. Uh, I tried to get rid of it as best I can, but it is still there, so just you all have been warned, there's some weird echo in some places. Alright, enjoy the episode! archives a red wall reread featuring one pagan and one christian going over the series to see what age like fine strawberry wine and what age like milk i'm kit i use she her pronouns and i'm izzy i use she seer pronouns you can find us and content for the podcast including art and links to other red wall related things at abby archives on twitter Yeah, so the hairs lead them to Salamandastron, including, like, the complex way in getting up into there. But that's a little later. It's like, God. (laughs) I just, I love the entirety of this scene with the hairs where it's, Logalog clapped his paws in delight. Ha ha, now you're talking. The hairs wiggled their long ears appreciatively. Yes, I suppose we are talking, really. Never alone, though. Always together, you'll notice. Silly, really, I suppose. Do you hope you'll forgive us? What? Mateys, Gaunt chuckled, we'll forgive you anything if you could take us up that mountain. Hmm. It's not actually up, don't you see? No, it's it's sort of under, don't you know? But we are glad you're coming with us, chaps. They're so cheerful about it, too. Just like, yeah. Yeah, alright. <laughs> I hate them so much, but I love them. They're so dumb. No, the, the hairs the hairs are good characters. It's just sometimes they're handled very well and other times not. But in this book, I think the hairs are handled pretty well. Yes, yes, um, they are. That's because there's not a lot of them. Right. There's like yeah. eight of them. And also, like, I feel they're better when there's more than... There's, they're, they are better when there's more than one and worse when there's probably like more than ten. Um, yeah. Because Ugh. when there's usually... Usually when like there's just one hair in a book, it's like there that's usually when the hair is insufferable. He's the fat old... It's usually if there's one, it's the fat old bastard retired military officer. Yeah. Or it's a bard. And not the good bard, but the kind of bard where you very dearly want to break the loot over his head. 
But I love them. <laughs> well, you are a bard, so hush. Um, or no, you're a rogue. Good. I'm a bard. Okay, you are a bard. Okay, anyway. So Bards are rogues? They're the same. Okay, almost. fine. Um, but, okay, and then, like, before we swap POV okay. again, we get this fun bit where a voice like thunder on a hot noon boomed yes. out with an immense rumble from the mountain. Come in peace to the mountain of fire lizards. And this just fucking knocks them all over, basically. And the, like, Logalog is, like, on the ground with both paws over his ears. The hairs are just like, oh, golly, old Loga thing's fallen over. Must be in a blue funk about the boomer, eh? I expect so. Up you get, old fella. Okay, boomer. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then we swap back. This is where Bane the Fox fucking comes in. And it's like, who are you and where did you come from? And why do you have 60 people? He is so... No, he doesn't have... Mm. He doesn't have 60. He's got 30. No, I think it was 60, wasn't it? He had, like, a big crew. It It was 60, I'm pretty sure... Oh yeah, also after the, Hold on, we missed the, the, There's a fucking When they get to the fucking mountain Instead of it just being like A door It's this whole windy bullshit Yeah, like they are They are just I think the British term is Taking the piss <laughs> But also it's not that Because like Salamanderstone is meant to be a fortress That is impenetrable yes. Yeah I mean, it is to keep people out. There is no way into Salamanderstron directly from the ground. Right. You have there to are know. no stairs. There is no door. You have to know where there you're going There is a and ladder that is dropped. But then we get Bane, and I don't think he actually has, like, 60 people. I'm pretty sure it was 60. But anyway, while, while you are checking that... Um... Oh, no, he does. He does. I I was wrong. My brain forgot that three score means 60. Yes. And not 30. Yes. Um, But he shows up out of nowhere. Like, him and his crew are coming down from the north. Like, so much shit comes down from the north in this book. Uh, Because they want to find... Because the north is where everybody lives, and it's where all the harsh bullshit happens. Yeah. And people come south because it's supposed to be better, because that's where Mossflower Country is. But nobody evidently... I don't know. It's just sometimes this world confuses me. Uh, but he decided... Him and his crew decided they are going to go down south to Mossflower to find a nice little place to kip and hole up and stop being mercenaries. Like, they, like, pretty explicitly say they want to stop being mercenaries. I think they even imply... They want that, to do what Verdaga did. Yeah. But... <sighs> he wants to do what Verdaga did, essentially. And he sees Kotor and he's like, hmm... Didn't, didn't they also this imply that some of them wanted to actually become farmers, too? Like, they actually did want to become farmers? Hold on. Like, I'm pretty sure there is some place in there that says, like, they want to retire and become farmers. Like, they the the life of a mercenary is not, um, it's not... No, it does not say that they want to. It says that, um... By craft, guile, and murder, they had crossed the boundless northern lands, seeking warmer climes and easier living. Bane was weary of living on his paws, always on the move. He was on the lookout for some fat, prosperous little community where he could hold sway without much argument. Okay. Yes. So I take that back. I was probably confusing that with ginger beer later on. Um, Yes. But yeah. yeah. And then he just literally... Bumps into Sarmina. Yeah, I love it. Like, she's coming back from presumably thinking she killed her brother. And, oh, hello, another fox. She's like, I hate and do not trust foxes. And Bane's like, you shouldn't. 
Right. They're like this whole scene between the two of them is actually really good because they're both very smart. It is like they know they know that they are going to backstab each other. There is no yeah. question. And they're just they, they just have to try and figure out who's going to do it first. And what they do is they start talking about plans and shit. And Bane is like, listen, don't give them an inch. Show them you mean business. Forget about subterfuge and spies. That only makes for a prolonged war. Strike hard. Be ruthless. We have the superior numbers, superior number of trained fighters. Start tomorrow morning. Have the full strength out in skirmish line. Come the force thoroughly. Kill any who resist and take the rest prisoner. It's the only way to get results. Believe me. And Sarmina is like bold words. But have you tried fighting squirrels? I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like burn the trees. Yeah. <laughs> like burn the trees or chop them down. I've seen it all before. Small creatures scurry off down holes and block them up. Fill every possible exit. That's all they understand. You take my word, works every time. I know. I've done it. Yeah. You have to And Sarmina's like, could you do it again out there? And he's like, with our combined forces, easy. You have to admire his confidence. Yeah, he is so confident. But, like, he's also a successful, like, conqueror, essentially. Yeah, like, he he is what um, Green Eyes was. Um, Yes. He's what Sarmina wishes all of her shit was and it's yes. like ma'am you are a spoiled brat with a mean streak yeah in a castle you are a big bully in a little pond that your dad yep. set up for you yep if gingerbeer had taken over things would be fine yeah if gingerbeer had taken over god i if i actually had the patience to sit down and write fan fiction that would be a fun one to write <laughs> gingerbeer taking over basically retraining all of the like stoats and uh, weasels and ferret. They're not ferrets. Do they say ferrets? I think there's ferrets in there. Yeah, stoats, weasels, and ferrets, and basically like, hey, listen, if you can't be nice, you have to leave. <laughs> yeah. If you can't do this work, you have to learn to do something else. You have to be part of this community. We have to yeah. work together. This is no longer like army versus like woodlanders this is we have to work together we have to you know be a community because we'll thrive and like there are skills that you learn from being a mercenary or being the army that you could transfer over to civilian life like you'd have to imagine there would at least be a few blacksmiths among them someone has to maintain the armor there'd be blacksmiths giving them the opportunity to actively engage with those things that they are actually good at yes because it's shown in other books that there are multiple vermin that are good at things yeah like we saw i don't even remember his name anymore it's fuck from the first part of this book the actually smart yes ferret yeah that clud was like i hate you because and then he gets murked by a swan yeah birds birds the true just if, if brian's like i've written myself into a corner how do i write myself out i know bird bird <laughs> just a bird appears and it's basically a fucking dragon nom 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 eat eat thing he just gets murked by a swan but he was actually smart there are vermin who are good with certain weapons there yeah. are vermin who are good at cooking like the amount of times we see of like vermin cooking something fucking delicious yeah it's like all like sea rats are great at making skilly and duff 
<laughs> I want skillion duff so bad. <laughs> it's another food that I'm like, I want to eat it. <laughs> Amy. We've got to do like a little like, cooking special someday. We do. Maybe not now because, no. oh God. Let's, let's but, read a few books first. Yeah. Let's get a list of the foods we want to cook. Yes. <laughs> um, But yeah, like, I don't know if like, there's just so much worth the, the, the stoats and the ferrets and the, all of them, the rats, the voles, all of them were given a chance to actually like be people. Yes. And not treated with such disdain. Yeah, straight up. Looks at the outcast of Redwall. (laughs) Stares Brian Jake's ghost dead in the eyes. (laughs) Hey, sir. Sir. Squirrel's just- Sir. Squirrel's doing a, uh, you you doing a a Ouija board session just to call him out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) When we get to that book, I'm going to have so many opinions. Oh, that's okay. I am ready to rip it apart, too. Because I remember I think that's, like, one of the books that kind of made me go, wow, the Red Rollers really are kind of a bunch of dicks, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Sometimes they're justified. Other times it's like, no, you guys are just being racist. They were justified with Clooney. Yeah. Clooney is justified. Clooney was being a... Clooney was just there to cause problems on purpose. But otherwise... (laughs) He was a smart bastard. <laughs> it, it's something you Moving. see. It's something you see. A, like, sorry, just one more thing. It's something no, no, you yeah, see yeah. a lot in Redwall, where it's like, what you are born as impacts you more than how you are raised. Like, just points at Tagarung, points at everything that happens in Tagarung. You know, like he's an otter. He's too good and noble to do the stuff that the savages he grew up with would do, and it's just like. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, back to the story. I w- <laughs> Columbine is learning to shoot arrows. Our once again very proactive girl is out here, you know, learning She's stuff. just amazing. I fucking love Columbine. She's so like, good. I know that I said before, like, in the beginning when she first showed up, I was like, God, Jesus, what the fuck? Why is there just random com- uh, compulsive heterosexuality here? Because <laughs> we get in later books where it's just like the love interest shows up and they're fucking useless. They're literally corn just flour. <laughs> literally just corn there. flour. <laughs> but she's like, I'm getting better at shooting arrows, and like the Amber, the Queen of the Squirrels, is like, Yeah, you're gonna be as good as me someday. <laughs> it's such an awesome, wholesome interaction. It is, and we get to hear the progress of like the tunneling efforts. They've built sluice gates. They're getting further in. Like these, all this good shit. These are mathematically like incredibly competent creatures. Like again, my earlier joke of like, how are they all literate, and where have they learned all of this? Like it must be like they get taught within their individual communities. Like it takes the moles it takes know about a village. Yeah. It takes a village to raise a child. Yes. That's why everybody is so concerned about, um, like, Spike, Posey, Ferdy, and Cogs. Yeah. Like, these are their future and they want to protect it. Exactly. Also, those are the only Dibbins we see this whole time. 
I just noticed. F- this is a very Dibbin light. Well, okay, that's a lie. There are two more Dibbins, but we don't actually get to see them, and it's the two baby hairs. Right. But they're they're just. But we don't actually yeah. get to see them. They're just there. Also, I'm cackling. I just noticed that Google Docs uh, corrected Argulor into Arugula. <laughs> I also noticed. That. I was going to point it out. I did not do that. Arugula, that was the golden me. eagle. That was Google Docs. <laughs> It's really good. Though. That's that's uh, that's Google Docs uh, punishing me for the for the pun <laughs> because Argulor is once again just kind of sleeping, hanging out, and pining for some Martin to eat. I'm divorcing you. I'm divorcing you. I'm divorcing you. Uh, Skipper also gives these squirrels the job of helping the moles haul out really big rocks. Because they can build, like, uh, tree hoists, essentially. Because mm-hmm. uh, the squirrels were feeling like, oh, we're not doing anything. Eh. We want to be helpful. I can relate. Eh. To, I can relate to that. I can relate to the squirrels, like, being like, we want to help. Please give us something to do. Eh. <laughs> I'm so glad, though, that um, Brian doesn't write squirrels as ADHD gremlins. Yes. It's well, real like, nice. Like... Like it's, they are, but, but they, not but like a, that. Yeah, there's there's scales to them. Like there's some squirrels who are like, I'm very proactive and I like to be doing things all the time. And then the other squirrels who are like, you know, I like to be a cook and I might not climb trees as much, but I still like to be, you know, proactive in doing stuff in my own way. I'm a cook. That's my skill. So yeah, they're, they're it's alone. the same with all of them. Like yeah. Gonf is a fucking off the wall character. Yeah, that 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 bitch got ADHD. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then we go back to Salamandastron and we finally meet Boar the Fighter, who is this massive leucistic badger. He's got silver fur with these like blonde white stripes on his head. He's huge. Like, so he's straight up a leucistic, 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 leucistic badger. He straight up is that, right? And he's big. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's big. He's huge! And, like, they see him, and he's working at his forge, which is at the center of the fucking mountain. Um, Literally the Which is how we learn, you know, like, this isn't actually a volcano. It's Um, just the forge And he's just, like, so friendly, but also super fucking cryptic. (laughs) I kind of like this character archetype, where it's, like, he's the big, friendly entity, almost. Like, a character like this, you could call them an entity almost as much as a person. Because this is the um, ghost of Christmas present. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. It's that kind of archetype where it's yes. just like they know things and they're very big and they're very friendly. Until but they know you make things. yeah, until you yeah. make them sad or angry, and then some of yep. their. Some of their fey nature slips out. I love this. The silver badger looked as if he could tear Coder to pieces with his paws. And he probably fucking could. He's so big. God, he's like a giant. Oh my god. And they all get introduced and like, they're like, food time. And also, like, he just knows who they are. And they're like, is he a badger? Yeah, he's like, oh, hello, Martin and Dinny. And they're just like, hmm, sir? Yeah? 
Have we have we met before, sir? <laughs> yeah, they get to eat food. They get to bathe. Like there's a heated pool. Um, like he could have just see. made this a volcano because he even has the. Like I do like that it's justified that like this place is always hot because we always keep the forge going. The forge never yeah. goes out. Yeah. So I do enjoy that. And like Gonf is like, huh? Like the flames of the forge carry up that rock flue and shoot out the top of Salamandistrad. And he's like, you're very perceptive, little Gonf the thief. And he's like, prince of mouse thieves. Yeah. Like, sir, I how'd you know he I... was a thief? And he's like, I know many things, little mouse. I have an approximate knowledge, knowledge of, many of many things. things. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, now is that young Dinny, grandson of my childhood friend Dinny the mole? And he's like. You know my grandfather? Yeah, it's so <laughs> Also, I love that he says Boar. Boar. It's two syllables. This boar. is very, like, Appalachian almost. It's two syllables. You know what? You know what? Every time I read a mole, I'm going to read them as though they're Appalachian from now oh, on. Oh, do it. That would be charming. I would have to do... Oh, that requires doing a voice. Fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fear of being known. <laughs> you did say you were a bard. Leave me alone. I am a bard with anxiety. <laughs> I'm bullying the bard. This will never end well. Um, so... I would have to practice this. I'm not going to do it right now. But yeah, it's like, is that the old rascal still going? He's like, yeah, he's fitter in a flea and older than 20 logs. I know. I love it. God, I love the moles. Like the moles. I, I guess I never realized this when I was a kid because like I was so biased towards other animals at the time. But the moles are quickly becoming like my favorite. Um... They are my quickly becoming my favorite species in the books, just because of they're 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 so charming and they're so like this is not pun intended, but they are very earthy and I like that. Mm-hmm. We still kind of go back to how they're supposed to be like the good poor people yeah. with the way that they talk and the way that they act. So we still get that kind of like. I don't, I don't know. It, 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 I understand it, but it also rubs me wrong because they're the good poor people. They're the ones who like listen and do what they're told kind of vibes. Mm. That also, wouldn't that kind of tie into your Appalachia? Yes. Your Appalachia. Appalachian. You, you keep trying to say Appalachia, don't you? I do. I'm from the West Coast. Give me a break. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Thank you. Um, we, the we, next we... thing here that I just noticed this is Logalog says that he is the one-time leader of the Northwest Shrew Tribe. And I'm like, there's more South? Yeah, there's... <laughs> there's more South. <laughs> there's more South? The oh, actual... Sorry, what? The actual Appalachia. <laughs> <laughs> there's more South. No, because my thing is, is like, they're in the South. Like, is the map upside down? I mean, considering that these people... Okay, okay. Think about it. Think about it. Because, like, the, that, that fucking, that tribe of, of shrews is along, like, the Mossflower River. And it's like, yes, that is northwest, but there's more north. Yeah. There's more north than that. We know there's more north than that. Yeah. So what yeah. the fuck? Well, okay. This is an old map. Mossflower Woods, Portal Farm, Campbell. I'm gonna go get, like, one of the later books. Hold on. Yeah, because, like, I'm looking at the map now. 
And I'm wondering, like, because he says, like, if there is a more southern tribe, because he, they find his I tribe. I think I have a copy okay. of, which one of these? Let me, chronological order. Hold okay. on. But, like, looking at the River Moss right now, because when they enter the River Moss, they are more northern than they are. So, like, the, the River Moss goes, flows down south, and then, or, or rather, it comes from the north, dips down south. And then continues a little back northwards. So they find his village pretty early on. Like they like barely hit the trees and they find his village. So there yeah, could I'm be... going to go grab my copy of Triss really quick. Okay. So I will send you a picture of this really quick. Because okay. this is... Triss is one of the much later books. And this is a much better map. Yeah. Because um, you get more because Triss is the squirrel um that's our squirrel who ends up with martin's sword okay i love her to death like i'm so happy that a squirrel actually gets the sword yeah (laughs) sorry i was looking at twitter while you were getting that out and there was just babe are you okay you've barely romanticized your structurally irredeemable sarcastic dark-haired villain today oh my god you're calling me out (laughs) okay here's our the most recent map versus the older map that's in moss flower okay i'm using i've got like two laptops open with two different bug off discord thank you holy cow talk about a glow up in maps Uh uh-huh yeah and so like this older map uh of moss flower country and beyond Shows we have Mossflower Woods, we have the quarry, uh, which is not on the newer map at all. Like the quarry is not on there, but right. we have Redwall, Mossflower Woods, uh, Brock Hall, uh, which apparently in later books is filled with snakes. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> There's the ford in the river, which is uh, not shown here. Yeah. At all. Uh, it's also in a Actually, different... well, the map that I have does show the ford. It's just like... It's, oh, see, mine, the way that it's printed is that part's completely cut out. Because that's where the oh, road yeah. crosses it. it, it yeah. That's where the road crosses it. That's yeah. right. Um, it's just like, it was unfortunate in that the ford is like smack in the middle of the crease. So you can't see it. As far yeah. as my book goes. Um, yeah, and so like... Uh, and we have, like, the flatlands, which aren't a whole lot on... I'm also uh, amused that the mountains are just gone now. <laughs> yeah, the mountains are actively more part of, like, South... Yeah, like, they just disappear. They're just gone. But I know that they're still there because they constantly talk about getting to Salamanistron around them. Mm-hmm. The fuck? <laughs> Also, this map is much better because it shows more of the coastline. Um, Like, we get another fucking forest that's just, it's called the Cone Slingers because Mm -hmm. it's a pine forest that's way further north. Right. Up past, like, um, uh, River Moss. And Stop Dog, which, where the fuck did Stop Dog come from? Because that's definitely where the fucking shrews used to live. Because the shrews all moved into Moss Flower. Yeah. But yeah, like, supposedly, Mossflower and Redwall is the southern part of 
the area. Like, we see stuff that's more south, I believe, in uh, some other books, but a lot of times it just goes north. I get the feeling this is definitely just a case of, like, it is a fantasy setting, and sometimes in a fantasy setting, you just want to ignore... <laughs> you Everything? Just, yeah. It's like, you know what? I want this to be in a certain place. So what if it doesn't make sense? I'm gonna do it anyway. Also, does this imply that there's a Southwest Shrew tribe? <sighs> and where are they? And also, can they communicate with each other? I mean... How do you know you're the Northwest Shrew Tribe? How do you know that you have to call yourself that? Because there's another Shrew Tribe. What the fuck? This could be also a case of, like, this pops up in this book and then maybe fades out. Yes. Because the Shrews move into Mossflower! Uh-huh, pretty much. And that's when you get, like, most of, like, the log-a-log interactions and Yes, like because that. they live off of the estuaries that feed into the River Moss. Yes. Uh... Because that's where they hide their boats and shit. And, like, yeah. also, these maps, like, this map in Mossflower shows River Moss is fucking massive. Yeah. And then this newer map that's in Triss, not at all. Yeah. It's... It is so condensed. Well, also, like, the scale, like, it's a much it's a much uh, more zoomed in map, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this map in Mossflower is zoomed out. Um, so this one is definitely, more. like, this newer one is way more aesthetic. Yeah. Because it's, like, tilted also. Yeah. Because you don't see maps that are set up tilted like this. Right. You see maps the way that they are in Mossflower, where they're just kind of that flat-down look. Um, um, and not not just that, but, like, if, if he really wanted to be... I don't know if I'd say accurate to how maps looked back then, you would not be getting a topographical from the down... Uh, view unless some scribe got to go up on a bird and like actually take notes while flying around on the birds which you know what i feel like this map was probably made by like gonf yeah like it it or bella bella would have made this map bella yeah but again like a lot of people didn't think in topographical views like this until planes or even hot air balloons became a thing because they had never seen the land from the air that's something that we as a modern population take extremely for granted. You know, like we have that context of seeing things from the air. And that's a relatively recent development as far as like art and map making goes. That's fair. So, like, like, I, like I'm not trying to be like, oh, this is completely inaccurate. It's a book about talking animals and all kinds of fantasies. It is a book about um, talking animals. But it is like, it's going to be justified if there's going to be like, some weirdness about it because most old maps have some real weirdness about it about them just because of the fact that half of it half of making a map back then was like well i think this goes here because of what people told me even though i've never been there myself yeah that's also maybe why like the mountains are like i don't know yeah i don't know we need to move on we need to move on (laughs) the mountains just decided to go take a vacation they did they sure as shit did anyway so um, instead of answering any of their fucking questions or their pleas to, like, hey, come back with us, fucking, uh, uh, Boris just like, hey, Martin, do you want me to make you a new sword? And Martin's like, uh, sure. Deflection! Great A. <laughs> and then, like, they, they just, they go to, they go to bed. Yep. They go to me. bed. And then, surprise attack on Corum. Mm-hmm. 
Because they're just like, yeah, because uh, Sarmina and Bane do what they said they were going to do. Again, I still think that this would be so much better if it was Mask. Mm-hmm. But if it, uh, was, Chim- if it was Mask, he would have been able to get a warning off. And the- Yes. He would have told them to act as though they were surprised. Right. So that Sarmina would feel more secure. Yeah. Um, just God fucking... <sighs> I just Bane is just so fucking random. I feel. Oh yeah, we also before we get to this point, we learned that uh, uh, Rip Fang is Boar's like mortal enemy. <laughs> He's what? Uh, Rip Fang is Boar's fucking mortal enemy. Oh yeah, they yeah. hate each other so much. Yep, just drop that, and they're like, yeah, this this pirate mouse. Fuck this guy. I hate him. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Um, he's, and he's also, like, they all throw so, wet he's... towels at Gonf because he's being a dick. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love how, like, Rip Fang is described, like, like, you know, like, sea rats already suck. Well, this guy sucks even for a sea rat. Like, he's so evil, other sea rats, like, hate this guy. Like, he yeah. is super <laughs> evil. He is just the fucking worst. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, then we get back to... Um, everybody, like, they just get fucking hit with this surprise attack. Lady Amber loses um, an ear. And, yeah, Amber loses an ear. They lose two squirrels, three otters, and a mole. But they're not gonna get um, any, uh, not gonna get a funeral because they're not named. Yeah. And Ryan. Bane is like, how many of ours are lost? Because this is from the perspective of Bane and Sarmina. Um, Skipper also took an arrow in his side. Yeah. And then just, like, shrugs um, it off. Yeah, just shrugs it the fuck off, because otters can do that, apparently. Unless they take an um, arrow in the back because they need a heroic death. No, I was just like, you adventure, and then I took an arrow to the knee. I became a plot... He became a plot convenience. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot to yell about how Arthurian legend nonsense is bullshit, oh, yes, but yes. that comes up late, more later as we get into more with Boar, because fucking god... So Bane asks, like, how many of ours were lost? It's three ferrets, a stoat, a weasel, four rats, and a fox. And Bane is like, damn, yeah, that's pretty good. Because it's about even, almost. Because they have so many. Yeah. And the Woodlanders have so much less. Yeah. There were no prisoners. Um, They find the the digging holes and they block them up because, yeah, nah, fuck it. Yeah. Um... I mean, he's not wrong to, to block them up either. Like, his plan is yeah. very solid. It's very well thought through. Yeah. Um, they they had no the... concept of, like, hey, you know, why are they digging this hole? They're like, who knows? Just somebody lives down here. We're gonna kill them. Yes. Uh, and then we get uh, Chib had been, like, Chib goes to spy on them because Bella's like, we need to find somebody, like, to spy. Uh, they're like, we have to do something about our moles because they're trapped. Uh, Bella's like, yes, we need to rescue the moles from the tunnels and we need to make sure the error on Brock Hall is just completely hidden. She's like, we have to make sure that everyone is safe because if they find us, we're fucked. Yeah. Chib, once She doesn't say fuck. MVP. No one cusses in these books. I feel like this is one of the few books where it's like, I don't want the characters to say fuck. I think they said damn like once. Yeah. Like, it's small curses like that that aren't even really curses. Like, they don't say fuck. I'm a little surprised they don't And they go... say arse. Yeah. But, like, arse isn't... To American children, arse is not a curse. No. Um, even though in uh, the UK it is. I feel like... I'm honestly surprised, like, they, there aren't more, like, 
made up swears because like so many books of like this era or like aimed at kids used uh, made up swears. Like some of mm-hmm. my favorite books use made up swears, you know, and it's relevant to their culture true. Like, oh, shards or oh, fartles or, um, you know, like the Guardians of the Ghoul. Oh, pellets. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Or, 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 because oh, I know oh, that the otters, pellet, you know, yeah, the otters and the squirrels definitely have things that they say that are just significant to them. Yeah, like meant to be a swear proxy. Yeah, yeah. It's and then, so, like, so we the get, well, you get this. Too hard on him. <laughs> Chip comes back and is just like, "Yeah, this fox is called Bane, and he sucks. Yeah. Uh, he is probably going to kill us. They're gonna do another ambush as deep as they can get in a moss flower on one early morning March. They're gonna do it tomorrow." Uh, Columbine is like, hmm, everyone needs to stay here. Yeah. And Bella's like, yes. Everybody agrees. And then Bella leaves the command of Brock Hall to the abbess and Columbine and goes out eastward into the woodland depths to find a second place of refuge, which is an idea she had earlier in the book. She was like, we need to find a second place to hole up in because if we don't, we're fucked. And it's a good, solid idea. Yeah, except she goes by herself. Yeah. I mean, she is a badger, but also. I feel like that's some of her father Ma'am. coming out in her. Ma'am. That, that's the badger. That's just badger. Yeah, that is the badger. badger and then badger, we get badger, this badger, very badger, pleasant, badger, 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 weird badger. mushroom. Hey, <laughs> 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 so old. <laughs> I had to just do bump my ones. microphone. You what? We're already over half an hour <laughs> over time. Sorry. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I have nothing else to do today except for like some housework. But anyway, so we come back in on Salamanderstrom, mm-hmm. and they're the, our heroes wake up, and there's just a summer festival happening. Basically, it's the first day of summer. Conveniently, no, it's the second day of summer. Second? Oh, yeah. No, for, no, the the Saladan no. It does say first day of a new summer. Yes, yes, it's the first day of yes. summer. Um, from their point of view, everything is decked out. Yes, they've got like garlands and shit. Look, like the huge badger looked like some benevolent spirit come down from the mountain, holding a green wand in his paw. Like this is some very like pagan summer traditions that have just stayed mm-hmm. in modern fashion. Um. Like, it's, it's it's very much a celebration, and they have food, there's all sorts of stuff. They talk about um, the other hair, like, they're introduced to the other hairs, there's Trubs, Wather, and Fring, Harebell, Honeydew, and Willow, three doe-eyed beauties who could render Trubs and company speechless with a single flutter of their eyelashes. <laughs> this is why I don't think they're related. Yeah. There are four others, a huge fellow named Buffheart, his wife Lupin, and their two young ones, Starbuck and Breeze. Starbuck and Breeze come up in Salamandastron. Okay. So they are Because important. of Sunflash. Ah. Yes. Well, like, I, I knew remembered that them. I saw their names and I was like, I know those names. Well, like, I knew I know those names. Sunflash wasn't dead. Like, he was just, there was no. too much drop. It's brought up him. earlier. Yeah. It's brought up earlier. It's like, there was um, nobody, that boy's not dead. Yeah. And like a uh, a boar goes on like he just just like lavishes the the hairs with like uh uh praise. He's just like they're fucking great. They're fearsome fighters. Uh don't let the silly talk and pretty eyes fool you. Trust me. They'll show you. Um 
and then they're gonna now they're gonna give you on a tour of the mountain. And they do that. They give the other three a tour of the mountain, and Bor is like, Martin, will you come with me? It is time for you to get more <laughs> plot exposition. Yes. Also, I love that you just yelled like he has a beard. Like I am so distressed. I don't know why the thought of this badger having a beard distresses me so much, but it does. Yeah. And like this whole like summer festival thing really brings to mind like in The Hobbit, like the dwarves and Bilbo visiting like Bjorn the Bear <laughs> in his hall. It's got the same vibes. Oh gosh. I'm not wrong. No. I mean, I, I will confess, I have never actually been able to read any of Tolkien's books. Um, uh, that's fair. They're a lot. Yeah, I have tried. Please do not, like, for those listening, please do not butcher me. Um, but have you seen the Hobbit movie? Yes. I, okay, you remember I when they visited Bjorn the Bear. Is that in the third one? or the se- Sorry, the second one? Yes. I skipped the second one. Oh, well, see, okay. <laughs> Kit. Yeah. <laughs> Kid, I'm sorry. Okay. Useless. Fucking useless. Listen, I t- like. I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I love you. Anyway, eh. I still respect you. I still respect you. But so this is actually like I think the first chapter. This is actually the only chapter in this whole fucking book where it doesn't change perspectives halfway through. Yeah, it's just like they are locked in. They, it's like they we are, are getting locked the plot into now. this moment because we are getting a prophecy. Yes. What we are getting is some Arthurian bullshit. Yes. Because Bor has a secret door in the heart of his forge and it's his father's tomb, but it also has carvings of all of the other badgers in the past who've come to the mountain with room for the badgers who come in the future to carve their images into the mountain. And it is a carving of Martin and company coming to the mountain, as well as it hints for future trouble for Martin with a whip and an arrow. And like, Bor gets so fucking mad about this. But like, what happens is he takes him up there. Like, Martin is astounded at the fact that Bor can push this rock out of the way. Yeah, I mean, like the way that this whole scene is described is beautiful. So... Uh, the badger went to the left wall between the entrance and the window where there was a long, deep crack that appeared to be a natural seam in the rock. Setting his great blunt claws deep into the fissure, he began to pull. And this is not pulling apart. He's pulling this outward. Yeah. Uh, Martin stood in awe at... Yeah. The way he writes this, I can just, I can see like the muscle and like everything... Oh, it's so good. Martin stood in awe at the frightening brute strength of Bor the fighter. Steely sinews and giant muscles bulged and strained as the badger pulled, grunting quietly deep in his chest. Froth appeared on his jaws with the exertion. Still he pulled with might and main, plate-like back paws set flat on the rock floor, ponderous claws gouging at the bare stone. With a low rumble, the entire wall started to swing outward. Martin watched wide-eyed, paws and jaws clenched tight, willing the silver badger to perform this great feat of strength. Boris set his shoulders against one side and his paws against the other, and he pushed hard, and the secret doorway stood wide open. Without a word, they walked inside. Like, that whole fucking scene? Very that good. That bit. Ugh, it's so good. And then we get a description of the inside, which has all of this. It's like a dark, like, not a dark space, because they can see, but it's dark. Yeah, there's a smooth wall, there's a wall covered in carvings, and the alcove at the end of this space is Old Lord Brock Tree. Uh, it's his tomb. Mm-hmm. 
because he's in his armor and it's like fucking fantastic. I like badger armor is great. Nope, there you go again. God damn it. I heard badger arm. Badger armor is great. Yes. There we go. Audacity is definitely picking me up and it's just Discord yeah. being weird. Discord's just um, wigging out when you talk too fast for some reason. I don't know why. I didn't even talk that fast. No, you didn't. Anyway, so yeah, Boar shows Martin all of this and he shows like Boar gave the armor a gentle rub, it glowed dimly, and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It did I'm, what? <laughs> I'm assuming it means it's like glowing in whatever light is coming into that place. Yeah, I assume it's like it's a shiny spot, like he rubbed a shiny spot on it, but also that's not how it's described. It says glowed. Very well polished. <laughs> and like Boar shows Martin like the beginning and he shows like warriors there's like Earthrun the Gripper Spear Lady Gorse Blue Stripe the Wild a Setter Ruler etc like his father Lord Brocktree and then him unfortunately his son will never get to be next that's what you think he did. no no Sunflash is his grandson oh wait that's right Sunflash is his grandson that's mm-hmm. right his son is dead because Verdaga killed him. Quit telling everyone I'm dead! Quit telling everybody I'm dead! <laughs> um, they were also, Martin was being dead quiet this whole time because yeah. at the entrance is where, um, where Boar yelled, like, spoke to them from the mountain yeah. the it's night before. Basically an echo and chamber. He, he's, yeah, if he speaks too loud, he will just deafen Martin. And Martin was just scared to speak, and now he's like, I release you from your silence, speak. And Martin is like, what? And, like, he can't even, like, say anything at first. He's just so fucking aghast at the fact that there are carvings of him and his friends there. Yeah, like... He's like, what the fuck? Like, he is a part of this now. Like, before this place Mm -hmm. was just a quest, but now it's like, this is part of his story. And he's... He basically, he's, he's realizing that he has heard the call... And now he must answer. Yeah. And, like, they go over, like, this prophecy, um, and he's like, it, there shows you and your friends going into Salamanistron, and when you emerge, you are no longer carrying the broken sword, you are holding a bright new sword. And Martin is looking at the rest of it, he's like, there's the sea, there's a ship, over here looks very faint, it could be a group of trees, a wood, or a forest. And this looks like a whip and an arrow. What does that mean, Boar? And he's like, your eyes are far better than mine, Martin. The whip is the scourge of the sea rats, a sign of evil. As for the arrow, which way does it point? And he's, and Martin replies, like, down the hall to where your father sits. And Boar asks for Martin to wait back in the echo room. Um, and when he comes out, he seems older and tired looking, and Martin felt concerned, and so he asks if he's alright and what was written there, and Boar just fucking screams at him. Yeah. Saying, silence, only Boar the fighter must know that, and his face is a mask of tragedy. And this basically, like, deafens Martin. He's on the floor. Like, it scares as this, Martin. like Yeah, it scares him to because de- it's loud, and Boar is terrifying, because he's a giant badger. Yeah. And sorrow and contrition crease the big badger's face, and he sweeps Martin up in his paws and, like, gets him out of the room. And he asks Martin to forgive him, and Martin is like, no, I'm fine. Honestly, I am. You mustn't blame yourself. It was all my fault. That doesn't sit right with me. Gently scrubbing his ears like, I'm okay. 
It, the fact that he says, like, you mustn't blame yourself, it was all my fault, and then Boar responds, spoken like a true warrior, and I'm like, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, it's like- Because it was, like, he was just concerned, and he was curious, and that's completely understandable in the situation that they're- Yeah. In the situation that they're in. I noticed I cut out. Yeah. I'm watching my Discord now. <laughs> um, Thank you. And Boar just fucking freaks out, and, like, it's also understandable- it's also understandable for Boar to freak out in this moment as well, yeah. because he's... Listen, he's the red flag is there. It's not really kept from you for the most part. He sees his own death. He knows his time is limited, and as much mm-hmm. as he as much as much he knows what he has to do, of course he's still going to be scared. Nobody... Well, okay, I take that back. It's not that nobody <laughs> wants that, but he's... You know, like, he will be leaving behind the people that he is supposed to be taking care of. Like, it is his job to protect these people. And yeah. now he knows that that job is taking him someplace where he can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I think, and I think so that more than death he is won't, what upsets him. Is the fact that he, he has also, to He also... I don't think he knows his son is dead. Yeah. He will not be able to see the next badger come. The only reason that Lord Brocktree is set up the way he is is because I believe Boar was there to watch him die. I have not read Lord Brock Tree, so I don't know. We're <laughs> gonna find at- out. Woo! <laughs> Wee! But, like, he's not gonna be able to see the next generation of badgers come. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's so, done. Yep. He, th- he thinks he's from the last, there, pretty much. Yeah. From there, we move from this very, like, sorrowful, like, very, um morose kind of moment between them to Boar giving Martin his new sword made from the metal of a meteor. Meteor. His reforged sword. And I'm just like, God. First of all, (laughs) this is some just straight legend bullshit. They do this in so many things. Like, I read this and I was like, ah, Avatar the Last Airbender. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sokka making the meteor sword. Well, a meteor, it's its a very popular trope because, like, actual rulers did that. I, I can't remember if it was Tutankhamun or his son, um, Tutankhamun, Tutankhamun, um, or no, no, hang on, I'm sorry. Um, scratch that last bit, please. Um, but Akhenaten or Tutankhamun, I think I'm saying those wrong, but they one or the other of them had a dagger with meteorite iron worked into it. Like yeah. actual rulers, and like, that was very much a sign of prestige to have a sword made of meteorite yeah. because it was one of the most reliable to get like really good quality iron, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like what, it, and it takes forever to forge with it because you basically have to melt the stone away from it. Yep. Exactly. Um, and it's even, like, Boris talking about it. He's like, we spent all night doing this because it took forever for it to even get hot enough to to to, to uh, form. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how Lupin went and she found it in the sands. Um, and he just, like, there there is no, nothing can convince me, and I don't care how the sword is described in later books, nothing can convince me. That Martin's sword is not Damascus. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, what makes a sword look more special than that? Right? Especially if this is, like, you can imagine this being Damascus the way that, like, Romans did Damascus. I cut out again. You did. 
It is getting like, really okay. Hey, you know what we could do? Um, what? We could maybe pause the the recording, or like end the call and rejoin the call. Maybe that might help. Yeah. Uh, how about I? You've been fine. Let me drop out of the call and come back in. Craig okay. will still pick me up, and it'll be fine. Okay. Bitch. <laughs> Welcome back. Discord, stop fucking with me. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's Dam- if it's Damascus in the way that Romans did Damascus, it's very strong and it's yes. very it's, it has a look that mm-hmm. we cannot recreate. Yeah, because our modern Damascus is not the same thing. No, well, I mean, we're using completely different methods than the Romans did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and different metal. Yep. Different knowledge, different methods. Yeah. So on, so on. And Martin is like, fucking. He just feels his the the his warrior's blood like just fucking go nuts. And he's like, I am a warrior again. He was the warrior, capital W. And he just fucking screams. Martin is basically one step away from being a straight up berserker. Yeah. He's like, Sarmina, can you hear me? I am Martin the warrior, and I am coming back to Mossflower. <laughs> He just screams. He like slices the tip off of the anvil horn. Right, like Martin, anvil. Dude, like what it the just fuck? fucking shink. How sharp is that sword? <laughs> this is really pulling into the Arthurian. This is where we really get that Arthurian legend. Oh yeah, bullshit. Oh yeah, but it, it's um, very nicely done. Like he's he has done his quest. Now he has received the reward. Now he must go back to fulfill his promise. Um, and then next chapter comes on and we're back with Coram and co. And, uh, hey, did you know there's the, we we're supposed to get to chapter 45 and we're only on chapter 38. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> this, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Also, yeah. we keep going on tangents. Okay. Um, well, we're just going to be able to break this up into quite a few episodes. Yes. It's fine. We're three um, hours, we're almost three hours in. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Well, we went four hours anyway. in the first one, so. Yeah. So, which is wild. Um, so we get back and like they're waking up. Like they're waking. All of the vermin are waking up. The the people in Coder. Brog kicks a fox who gets pissed at him. Justifiably. Um, yeah, justifiably because that's not his commander. That's not his captain. Right. Um, and uh, they try to leave and they just get fucking uh murked by the woodlanders. Basically, like anybody who steps at the door gets fucking murked. Yeah. Like, uh, you thought you were going to uh, surprise attack us? Well, hey, two can play at that game. Yeah, and then they, they try to go out the back door and they get murked. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, um, not today, sirs. Yep. And and Sarmina makes fun of Bane. She's like, oh, burn them out. Come down hard on them. I've seen it all before. Sarmina sneered. Well, Fox, what's your next move? <laughs> and this is where it's like, is there another way out of here? And like, there's the scullery and larder entrance. And he's like, we'll try that. And, you know, <laughs> a slingstone cracked the middle ferret on his paw. He yelped with pain and dropped his shield. Arrows hissed in once more, reducing the ranks by another three. It's it's very and, satisfyingly written. Yeah, and like the, the squirrels are like, how long are we going to keep this up? And Pear is like, Lady Amber says until noon, and then it'll be too late for them to go on a march. Because it's, it's summer. It is, by this point, high summer. Yeah, too hot. It is no longer, in this part of the book, it is no longer the beginning of summer. Mm-hmm. It, this is implied as it goes on with the way that things are going. 
especially once they start the water. Yeah. Like, it is no longer the beginning of summer. Yeah. So, guys, time moves badly. <laughs> it's not um, very coherent, no. Yeah. And then, um, there's a stalemate, and then what they decide to do is, uh, shoot fire arrows. Yeah. I mean, and they just burn the shit out of Sarmina's room, and she's so pissed. It's a very classic siege tactic, so part of me was like, it's, why haven't they done this before? Because the most of the building is, in fact, made of stone, so yeah. it's like, it would burn out some of it, but the building would still stand. Yeah. But, yeah. So, like, it causes problems, but it is not something that they could do. Like, it's the same reason, like, um, enemies have tried to do fire on Mossflower, and yeah, or not Mossflower, on Redwall, Redwall and it'll yeah. catch the roof on fire, but the building itself still stands. Yeah. Um, also, love a cat who cares more uh, about what she's decided is hers than literally anything else. She's just <laughs> like, my bedroom! Yeah, save <laughs> my stuff! <laughs> ah. And then... Also, this is another chapter where the POV switch is only between the people in Mossflower, so right. it's, like, fine. Yeah. And then we get back to uh, Salamandastron, and I want to die <laughs> with the way that the hair ladies are written. It's so bad. I didn't even put a note like, on it because I was so focused on, like, all right, Martin gets his sword tricks. Uh, he starts, he, he's practicing with his sword, and all of the hairs are like, man, he's really good with a sword. There's not much we can teach him. And Bor is like, ha And he gets this. his fucking forge tongs. Yeah. And just fucking, oh my god, it's so great. He says, a flick with his fire iron. And this is not his sword. This is his fire iron. Yeah. This... He flicks, he disarms Martin, sending the sword spinning and pinning Martin against the wall. This is another trope and the that fi- I actually really do enjoy of like, it's like, you see good. a character who has, like, a natural talent, but then you have a character who's like, I have also, like, sure, you've got a natural talent, but I have literally spent my whole life fighting. Let me show you what you could become. <laughs> Let me show you what I have learned as an old man. <laughs> <laughs> it's thinking, it's, it's Boomy. It's King Boomy. Oh, God. <laughs> Listen, I have Avatar on the brain now. You do. Good gosh. Well, to be fair, like it's I've, I've got like Mercedes Lackey and other stuff I've read on the brain too. So we're fair. <laughs> we're, we're influenced by the series we enjoy. Yeah. So And yeah. And this is the second day of summer. We've now moved into the second day of summer and Martin is learning more about swordplay than like literally anything else. Yeah. Um, and then Harebell, Honeydew, and Willow start like... Uh, imitating Trubs and Company by speaking alternatively. And they're like, oh, you are clever, poor old chap. And strong, my word. We ladies would never be able to lift your big, heavy sword. And it's like, yeah, no, you wouldn't, because it's big and heavy, but also, no, stop. Yeah, no one else could lift it. Stop. Stop talking like this. Stop being like this. The hairs are like this. Like, the ladies are fantastic fighters, but they're just like this. And it's like, why? Hey, Brian, what the fuck? You know, squirrels, there's a very easy what? answer to this, and you're going to get angry at me when I say it. They're harebrained. I'm going to kill you. I Don't told lie. you you'd get angry at me. I'm divorcing Listen, you. you asked. I told you. I am divorcing you. We're no. leaving our nice little otter and fox farm. I'm no. leaving. I'm going back to the river. No. But think of the children. <laughs> <laughs> We're children. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, <laughs> just adopt a ferret. Yeah, there you go. Um, so <laughs> if y'all can't take care of this ferret, we will. So we see like the legendary dragon of Salamandastron is actually a carved facsimile of what they think a dragon would look like. Um, Bor is able to like lift it and put it places, and they like it can shoot fire. Uh, it's fucking silly. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, this feels like it would be like a human artifact to me. Like I feel like this buildings. is very much like, because when I first read this as a kid, what I imagined was a carved relief, yeah. like on the front of a stone. But reading this back again, I'm like, no, no, no. That's literally like a statue head. Yeah, exactly. That they just And it just shoots fire. The yeah. They just ripped it off the <laughs> statue it was attached to and there you go, I guess. He just puts it there, facing out to sea, and then Bor the fighter sees the blood wake, and he just whispers a single chilling word, blood wake. Yeah. And, like, we see this large black galley with uh, double oar banks uh, and twin rigged sails at the tip of the prow was the bleached skull and fin of some large sea fish standing out like a figurehead. And I'm like, where the fuck did they get that? Right. (laughs) The fuck? Like, I'm just imagining, like, the skull of an oarfish, and the poor thing probably just washed ashore during a storm or something. They're like, hey, let's take this! <laughs> yeah, basically. Fucking. Um, and Lupin is trying to get Boar to come away from this, like, window space, essentially, saying, like, he's taunting you again, you don't need to be here, and he's like, no. Boar's like, uh, in fact, uh, you don't know, I actually do need to be here. <laughs> and he just goes, and he goes up to the Echo Cave, and he just yells at the Bloodwake, and he's like, why don't you show your rotten hide near my mountain again? How about tonight? I'll be waiting, sea scum. You wanna fucking go? You wanna fucking go? <laughs> Let's do this! I'll take it outside! Yeah. Um, and everybody is like, hey, we're gonna come fight with you. And he's like, "You no, you're not. And they're like, yeah, we are. You can't stop us. And he's like, fine. I can't stop you. Um, but then Bora's like, Buffheart and Lupin, you have to remain here with your children. Uh, the fires must be kept burning. Do you understand? And Buffheart is like, so mad he can't go. <laughs> I know. He's like, but, 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 dad! And Lupin is like, as you say, Bor. <laughs> yeah. She's upset and he's like, too, the rest because like she's she's crying. She, yeah, she's super super upset. Like I feel and like so, some of them know. Like even if they don't like consciously yes. know, they know. They know. The hairs always know. Yeah. Um, and so this next bit is super duper like chilling in a way. Uh, the silver badger stood with his paws resting on the top cross tree of his sword, every inch the commander. The rest of you, listen to me. No matter what happens, you must obey the warrior's code. I give the orders, no one else. I know it may be difficult for you to understand, but you must trust me completely. If you obey me, then you are my true friends. Disobey, and you are my enemy. Do you understand what I say? Some big Jake vibes right there. Shut the, st- shut the fuck up! <laughs> Listen! Tell me, look me in the eye and tell me I'm wrong. You're not, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's a child. This is not Escafil Files, Kit. Anyway. Oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm going to smack you with feels. You are not immune. Um, yeah, and like, Martin asks, has Bor recited some lines right before this? Right. Uh, the second night of summer, the second visit since spring, the rat from the seas meets the Lord of Rock to settle everything. And Martin asks, like, is that what you saw in the cave? And he's like, not all of it. 
the last lines are only for me. Yeah. Um, and he's like, once again, Martin, thank you. It will be good to have a real warrior by my side tonight. And they clasped paws. The mouse is dwarfed by the badgers. And I'm just imagining the image of like the two really muscular dudes clasping hands. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. The badgers are just the Armstrong family. Oh, fuck off, they are. This this tradition of going to Salamandestron has been passed down in the Badger family for generations. Yeah, I feel like if we had more lead up with Rip Fang, which we do in other books, like a lot of what is in Moss Flower is basically shit that comes up in other books. It's all plot hooks for other books. Pretty much. That's what it feels like. Like this book yeah. is the setup legend, which is why like a lot of like the air quotes plot holes don't bother me all that much. It's just like it feels. They bother me because it messes up the flow of the story for me. Yeah, I was gonna say like the ones that really do bug me are like like this one with Boar because like literally it feels like Rip Fang was just brought in to get Boar out of the story. Like if Boar went with them to Mossflower, that would end the story too fast. So Martin wouldn't have his uh uh. My brain is like coup d'état. I'm like that's not what show, that means. Showdown with Sarmina. I think. What does coup d'état mean? Hold on. Coup d'état. I think, like, a, a coup d'etat is, like, something... It's just a coup. Yeah. I guess it is a coup d'etat. Yeah. I mean, he's not really... I guess it's still... It's not wrong, Because he's not, he's right not really one of her subjects, so... No. But... Language. He does... Yeah. Language. French. It's French. Whatever. French. Anyway. Yeah. It's just... French. We gotta have the extra... We have to have the extra danger, and they have to have a way to get back to Mossflower really fast. Exactly. Well, again, so it is time to go outside and fight. Um, but yeah. before we do that, we go back to Kutter, where Chib, the MVP of this book, Fight Me, overhears Bane planning to set an ambush against the Corum. And when Chib goes back to report to the Corum, the Corum are like, you know, yeah, we're just going to let them shiver and be miserable out there. We're just going to stay here nice and warm and be safe. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like, yeah. they just fucking do it. Like, uh, Sarmina sends them out there. Um, Bane and... Uh, uh, Bane and, I believe, Brog also goes out there? Yeah, like, she sends out some of her men. Because she's like, I'm not leaving you guys in my fortress. But if you want to go yeah. out and be miserable, be my guest. Yeah. Uh... It's got no. I think he takes Rat Flank out because yeah, uh, because when she hears Rat Flank being like, eh, 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 she's like, oh, hold up a minute, Her? go kill him. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and no, then we're getting ahead we of get... our, we're getting ahead of ourselves because that happens after the trick she pulls on Borg. Yes, but anyway, um, they have like this moment with each other, um, where Bane like draws his sword. It's like, think you can trust me, or would you like to confiscate my sword? And Sarmina says, if I take that sword, I'll take your head with it, Fox. And uh, Bane is like, if you ever try to take my sword, it'll be your head that comes off. We shall see. I we shall see. Chib saw too. He heard all as well. I love Chib. <laughs> okay, like someone uh, em was it Emily in the Discord. Uh, maybe. Um, but sh but they asked, like, who is your favorite side character? And I'm just going to answer you now. It's Chib. I love <laughs> Chib. Chib is probably one of my favorite characters in this whole book just because he's such a pompous little guy. But he does his job. Like, he is efficient. Mm -hmm. He does his job. And if it weren't for him, the corn would be gone by now. 
Like, yeah. straight up, they'd be gone. So yeah. Also, Emily uses uh, she, her pronouns. Emily, okay, I wasn't sure, which is why yes. I defaulted to Yeah, I know. I, w- I went and double-checked. Thank you. Using they is better than using something very incorrect. Like, generally, that's what I do default to, because it's like, yes. I'm not sure, so I'm going to use they, because that's yes. a good... Anyway. Anyway. So she- um, now we swap back to Brock Hall. Uh, and Formal and Old Dinny are arguing about where a cross tunnel is. And then... Before they- <laughs> I love that they just like, pop up like, hi! They just... Boop! I love the like moles! The, the ground had been like... <laughs> just like formal was pacing around in deep leaf mold with old Denny. They were trying to remember the exact location of a disused tunnel. There it may be. Nina only says maybe. No, tis your. I'd swore on my tunnel it's your. Nay, mayap it's midway twixt they two. Whoops, earth and quaker, look out! <laughs> and then the earth is just like it heaves underneath them, and they're tipped flat on their asses. And soil flyer's head pops out of the ground. I know. <laughs> And they're like, hey, good morrow, sirs. Uh, Usson's found that Crossways Tunnel is used to be your, and Formal tries hard to preserve his dignity. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. Cute. It's so oh, good. Oh, God. Oi, for respectable Formal, he be a girt fib bag. It's my attempt. <laughs> they're like, soil, fly- soil flyer, earth claw, and Billum are like tugging their snouts in mock respect. How some of these old lads. Do enjoy life. Do enjoy life for setting about playing, and he leaves like little logs. It do surprise I. Listen, though, cheek, get ye over to Brockall and all. Get ye vittles. Get ye vittles. Yeah, it's so good. I love them. I love them so much. They're very good. Okay. We're anybody who is from like the UK. We're so sorry. I know. Like, please forgive us. We're so sorry. And as much as we do, we are ragging on like, oh, he's British. Like, we're American. Feel free to rag on us, too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, um, we get back to uh, Corum and the Abbess is fucking just ripping into Skipper and Amber. Just um, And like, she's mad at them, but she's glad that they're alive. And she's like, Skipper of Otters, are you listening to me? It's like, oh, I am arm. I'm all ears. Are these last season nuts or the ones before? Right nice sweet taste they've got. And the abbess snorted in exasperation. Now, I want you, both of you, to promise me that you'll never do anything so foolish again. I'm surprised at you, Lady Amber. You, a squirrel queen, too. That's not setting a very good example to others, is it? Amber cocked her uh, severed and bandaged ear stump towards Germaine. Eh, what's that you say? <laughs> they just dissolve into helpless laughter. I know, it's just... It's such a good moment, because she's this older mouse who's just giving them an earful, except, oop, one of them doesn't have an ear! Exactly! But, like, you can tell she's doing it because she cares about them and their friends, which is what makes it really sweet. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, Ferdy and Cogs have decided that they're going to become warrior carpenter cooks. <laughs> Continuing to be... Because they decided that they were going to be warrior carpenters earlier in the book. (laughs) And now they're warrior carpenter cooks. I love them so much. I really wish we saw more of Spike and Posey. Mm -hmm. But their brothers do steal the Yes, they do. Dibbins get such a waffly kind of treatment in these books. Like, they're never treated badly. They're Dibbins. Even, like, vermin Dibbins are treated okay. Yeah, because they're they're still babies. They, yeah. They're children. And uh, Brian Jakes has always been like, children are important, even if they're like bad guy children, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
uh, Abbas is like, hey, don't do a repeat performance of today. And this is where they're like, yeah, we're just going to let them shiver through dawn. Yeah. like we. And then, and then we get the good part. <laughs> the part that made me also go, what is time? Bella just, just finds Gingerveer. Just finds him. Because what happens is she is wandering through the woods. She is wandering around in the eastern woodland. Um, and, like, she is enjoying herself for the most part. It's very quiet. It's very peaceful. Because Brock Hall has been very busy and she's not used to that. So uh, she's like, as an this is fine I can for understand me. and sympathize. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And by midday, she was uh, going through vast tracts of field country. So, like, there's no trees. It's all, like, fields. And she seats herself on the bank of, uh, of, of, of like, the river Moss. And she's going to take, like, a short nap. And then, like, she hears somebody call out her name, like, Bella. Hey there, Bella of Brockholm. She sits bolt upright. And Gingivere is running towards her with another cat. Where did he find another cat? Uh. She was just tending to, like, I'm just imagining, like, the little meat cute between the two of them. Like, he's... He's out walking, having a good time. And then all of a sudden, here's this cat who's just tending her farm. And he's just like, we can do that? (laughs) She's like, ma'am, could you teach me? I promise I'll work hard. And she's just like, I bet you will. Come on in. (laughs) And apparently he's just talked so much about his friends from Brock Hall because, like, she just recognizes Bella immediately. And she's like, oh, you're just as I imagined you. Gingerbeer's told me all about you and his woodland friends. My name is Sandingam. Sand, sand. Her name hurts. Sandingam. Sandingam. Her name hurts. Sandingam. Sandingam. I think. Sa- I think it's Sandingam. Sandingam. Like Sandingam. Sandingam. Because yeah. that flows better. Yeah. It might be Sandingam. But, but it, it's still. It's just like. Ugh. Yeah. So, and like Bella brings them up to speed and explains what she's talking about, and she sees like how strong and happy Gingerbread looks, which is also again the time fuckery because he was emaciated and malnourished, and now he's like healthy and strong and basically like has a shiny coat kind to, of vibes. To be fair, when you are a smaller animal, when you start getting good food in you, you can plump up real quick. Yeah, that's fair, but also at the same time. Yeah. He was also, in there all cons- winter. Consider, too, he's got a girlfriend now who's helping take care of him. Well, it's not... It, it, they, they, they never say she's his girlfriend. No. But... Because he says I've made yet another new friend in Lady Sanding- Sandingham. Yeah, but I get the feeling it's... Yeah. And you know. he offers, like, for... Uh, no, no. Sandingham offers... Bella to bring, like, the woodlanders to stay with them because she's like, we're way mm. too far away for Gingivere's wicked sister to find us. And Bella's like, we'll see. I wouldn't dream of intruding on you guys, but we'll see. I've got to get back to Brock Hall. But also, um, I would like to note that I love that it is Sandingham who is the one who offers. Like, here is a, a second example of, like, here is a good cat. Yeah. Like, here's, like, a good it- being who just wants to help them out, too. She's also a southern cat. That's true, yes. And not a northern cat. Yeah. Um, and she she refuses an offer to stay for lunch, and Gingivere is like, I understand, give everybody my best wishes. Don't forget to tell Ferdy and Cogs to come visit Uncle Gingivere and Aunt Sandinam, San, Sandinam sometime. And she's like, oh, I will. And it's good to know that we of the Quorum have two great friends always ready to help. 
Um, she goes back into Moss Flower and they tell her goodbye and good luck. And she says for them to take care of each other. And it's just a really good, cute moment. And then we get an emotional whiplash as we move into the next chapter. And I I don't want to spend too much time here because it is, it is a very well-written battle. It's a fight. Fights are long and wordy. Boar yeah. eventually Boar. rescues them by being like, I will be the sacrifice. You guys get to the boat and yeah. get out. And he uses himself. He kills Rip Fang by crushing him against his armor, which is metal as hell and probably yeah. one of the best. And he's moments. wearing this fantastically fearsome set of armor that comes down like a boar, like a, a badger war mask over his face. Yes. The image at the start of this chapter is is amazing yes it's It's so simple but it's got so much to it like so much just the vibes yes and the vibes are good um but yes um boar dies this chapter and the they the hares who did not and it's not a quick death no it is not a quick death no he gets basically just turned into a pin cushion hold on i'm gonna count the pages yeah one two but His death was predicted on the walls. He knew this was coming. And as such, he embraces it and knows that his friends and family, those he cares about, will be able to take the blood wake and escape to Mossflower. It is six pages of battle. And literally, as they get away, because they make the plan to break away, they bum rush the rats, basically. They let them surround them and they bum rush them and the rats are so surprised by this because they weren't expecting it because they're not used to that kind of like reaction once people are surrounded they're used to surrender yeah they all break through and they realize that they've left boar behind and they're like let's go back and martin shouts a cold command for them to stay and he says remember your orders from boar do as he said it is the way of the warrior Bora has seen his own fate written. There is nothing we can do to stop it. We must capture that ship. Yeah. And then they capture the ship. Yep. Like Martin and they just. Right away, but yeah, they get the ship. Yep. They watch Bor go down. Taking it's the, the thing with. He he calls to them. His voice carried to them on the wind. Sail away, my warriors. Tell Bella and Mossflower of Bor the fighter. Come closer, sea rats. Let my blade kiss you to sleep. Ah, Ripfang, my old enemy, got you. Now I embrace you as a friend, see? And they watched as Boar went down under a mob of sea rats. As the badger wielded his sword with a single paw, the other mighty paw held Ripfang close to his studded metal armor, crushing him to death. And everybody is just upset. Yep. They could not keep watching after this point. They turned away to- towards the open ocean. And the flames of Salamandashon burned bright over ashore, piled and littered with dead and wounded sea rats. Yeah. The spirit of Bor the fighter lingered on the sands, reluctant to leave a good battle and travel to the gates of the dark forest. Yeah. And the way that this bit ends is the silver badger had seen the writing on the wall. He had fulfilled the legend of the mountain. And it's like, that gives you shivers. As much as this was kind of like out of the blue... It's and a, it doesn't, yeah. like, when you get to the start of it, it's like, this doesn't fit. But then you start reading it, and you're just swept into it. Yeah. This, the these last few chapters of this part of the book, like, my notes start getting way more sparse because, like, I just was in it. Right. Same here. Like, you can see, like, in the s- summary, I'm just like, 
put a little note here, a little note here. And then it's just like, I know we'll, we'll yeah. expound upon it more once we get to it. Yeah. Um, um, and then you have this, you made a note talking like Christian history nerd moment about the sea rats. Yes. Because the sea rats are described. Yes. The way they're described is very kind of stereotypical tropes of uh, South Asian pirate vibes. Kit picked up on kind of a Viking vibe from them, but I was looking at how they were described. Yeah. And it is very much that kind of, uh, quote unquote, classic East Asian look slash like um, uh, North African. Yeah, the curved blades. Kind of vibes. The use of the, yeah. Not East Asian, South um, Asian, sorry. But I, I brought um, it up because of the fact that if there was more than just one Abbey that existed in this world, uh, there would be like, these would be Vikingers. These would be Vikings mm-hmm. who would regularly go to raid settlements. But we like, we hear about them like raiding up and down to get slaves. But it's like, but we don't really hear much about, you know, like, where do they sell those slaves? Like, they, there's the, all these things that are like, it, it's it's part of um, like him being immersed in that culture where they take certain things for granted. Yeah. But then you realize, like, where are they selling them? Like, there are no large cities here. There's no Londinium. There's no, you know. Well, so when we get into some other books, we do kind of get more into that. Um, and content warning, we're now going to talk about slave trade, obviously, because we're talking about the pirates in these books and they almost always have slaves Yeah. because a lot of the pirate ships are ore ships. Um, in the later books, we get into that slave trade. There's, um, especially further North, there are mines and other places that buy and keep slaves to work. On all this stuff, there's certain like um, uh, uh, predator predator tribes, quote unquote, yeah. that eat them. <laughs> and like, to be fair, like of the vague historical era that these books are inspired by, that was like a big thing in England. Like, like you'd get like somebody would get pissed off, they'd go raid their neighbor, grab some slaves, and go home. You know, that's just what they would yeah. do. That was part of the Vikinger tradition. That was part of the Roman tradition. That's just what they did. Yeah. Although with the Vikings, it's much less true. Well, um, well, they would capture slaves. It's just they wouldn't bother to take them across the ocean as much. They'd turn them around for a quick buck there on the island, usually. Yeah. Or they'd get assimilated. It, it's it, yeah. That kind of history we're learning, a lot of the stuff that we think we know about it is actually, yeah. like, um, propaganda. Yeah. Um, well, like the, the, the actual history is very different, but yeah. as we get through the books as well, that kind of South Asian pirate stereotype, that exotic, very racist stereotype, kind of shifts. No, it actually bit. shifts more towards the what Americans think of pirates. Okay, because I, um, I was thinking of um, shoot, uh, Pearls of Lutra. Yes, 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 yes. No, the Pearls of Lutra is one of those where it shifts away from that South Asian pirate look. And you get more of what we think of with, like, the pirates that kind of trawled uh, up and down the coasts of, like, North and South America, as well as uh, the east, uh, western coast of Africa. Okay. Um, Those pirates, specifically, that we think of when we think about pirates in history, um, the ones that would become, like... um, like they joined the British as privateers right. or 
etc. Which the privateer pirates are definitely the ones where they're the pirates, but they're like mice and shit. They're the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Garbage. <laughs> pirate. Propaganda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, but anyway, back to the story. Because yeah. we are definitely three hours in now, and I'm starting to get hungry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also. Um, and this is where we get, uh, now we move into Sarmina um, hatching a plan to kill Bane. But Bane, oh, yeah, it is Brog that's out there, motherfucker. Yeah. It is Brog that's out there. And, and Bane okay. is just like, you see how your queen treats us? We shiver out here all night while she lies in luxury, warm and snug. And he's like, she always has. She's a queen. And yeah. he's like, Ugh, if I ruled Kotor, the troops would get the same treatment as me. And he's like, is that why you push them out of the doors in front of these arrows and javelins? Right? That's rat flank. Oh, rat flank is also out there. They're both out there. They're both out there. And Bane just fucking cuffs him. He's like, don't shut the fuck up. I mean, and like, it's a fair call out, though, but. Yeah. As soon, as soon as Brog is back in there, he snitches. <laughs> yeah, Brog is just like, hey, boss, this guy's trying Bane's to be a bitch. seditious. Yeah. Pain's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and also because, like, she she's, like, um, she says, like, Brog is a good friend, and she's, like, buttering him up to be, like, hello. And, like, then Sarmina just butters Bane up. Oh, yeah. She's, she's just talking him up. Him. She's, like, she's got a beaker of elder elderberry wine, and she's, like, listen, I could not have done a better job myself on the doors and windows. Um, the fox is, like, not taking any of the wine until he watches her drink it, because it's all right. poured from the same flask. Which is very um, refreshing, because, like, so many villains would just be like, yeah, I'll drink with you, and it's just like, no! Yeah. No, he's actually smart. And she's, like... How do we even come to this mistrust and enmity? We should be fighting the woodlanders, not each other. And he's like, I agree, but what brought this on? Yeah, like, uh, he's still he's like, not fully I, into it. Until you came, I had not won a single victory over them, even when they attacked us. Like, even when they attacked us yesterday, you did all you could, but I still did not trust you. I made you wait out in the open all night, and you never complained once. Then I look out my window and I see your band helping to repair Kotor, and I changed my opinion. And he, like, she refills his beaker, and she's like, "Forgive me, I have misjudged you, Bane. You are a true friend." Like, and he just fucking like quaffs the wine. Yeah, quaff. That's a good word. That's like where you just down the whole fucking thing. It's such a good word. Yeah, he's like, "You like the work we're doing?" And she's, and she like gives him the jug of wine so he doesn't have to reach as far for it. Yeah. She's like, I do. It's ten times better than anything my bumbling lot could do. And he's like, yeah, my band can turn their pot to most things. They're still working round at the larder and scullery entrance. And she's like, good, good. And then she's like, but what I'm worried about is the main gates between the courtyard and the woodland edge. And she's, and Bane's like, right, so let's go take a look at them. But I don't really think they'll need much repair. They're a solid old pair of gates. And she gives him Ashling's cloak. Yeah, like this. Which is this brilliant red velvet cloak trimmed with wood pigeon feathers. Yeah. It had never been described before besides being like a red feathered cloak. It is, it's such an absurdly <laughs> smart move that I really love it. Because like here again is her moment of like, she is smart. She is a good planner when she is mm. able to be when like she is given a chance to be you know competent 
And she's, she says, like, he looks so handsome. He looks much more like the ruler of KOTOR than she does. She is buttering him the fuck up. Because yeah. she's giving it to him as a token of their new alliance. It's the it's a cloak for a lord, not just a captain. And he's like, oh, this is a very good cloak. Wait till my gang see their leader decked out in this finery. And they go, and they're getting a lot of, like, Bane's mercenaries are all, like, envious. And it's like, Brog and Ratflank are like, what is he doing wearing Ashleg's cloak? Yeah, like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then we swap back to the Blood Wake, which gets renamed the, uh... Woodship. The, yeah, the Woodship, because of fucking, uh, 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 Dinny. Um, yeah. and they find Tim Ballisto. Just in the gallery with the other slaves who have been Yeah, free. he's just, he's just there, and Martin is like, Tim Ballisto? My best Cause, friend. Because what happens is Martin was supporting a tough mouse who seemed on the verge of collapse. And he says, thank you, Martin, son of look. And Martin is just like, Tim Ballisto? Like my, my brain And they just start fucking scene. crying. And they're having yeah. such a good fucking time. But also, he just comes up out of nowhere. If you haven't read, and by the by, at this point in publication order, Martin the Warrior has not come out. If you haven't read Martin the Warrior, you don't know who the fuck this is. The thing that, like, that cracks me up is, like, I can imagine that scene in Kingdom Hearts 2 where, like, Sora being, like, I love, like, you see Sora reunited with Kyrie. He's like, yay, Kyrie! And then, like, he reunites with Riku and he, like, drops to his knees and is bawling his eyes out, like, Riku! And I'm just like, this boy ain't straight. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, listen, like, I want. Martin has two hands. Martin has two paws. Martin has two paws. <laughs> and he can hold Tim Ballisto's paw. And he can hold. Gaunt's paw. Well, okay, Listen. so while they're at it, releasing the slaves, Logalog finds some of his old crew, and they It's get the really ship. funny, because they're like, oh my god, and he's like, yeah, 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 I told you I'd come back. Yeah, he's just so nonchalant about it. Like, this is- this Because is he's got a log- map! This is the kind of writing for the Logalogs that I really love, where they're just like, yeah, okay, come on, plot time, let's go, pup, 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 pup. They're very, the, the shrews are always very down to earth yes. with that kind of thing, with their tactics, especially as we get into like the later books where they're guerrilla fighters. Yeah. Like that becomes their, their role, their place. Yeah. They, they are guerrilla warriors. They are amazing. I love the shrews in every book they're in. Yeah. They're great. Um, they find a way back to Mossflower looking at all these maps. Um... Wait, you didn't say it. We get a, we get a fun thing. Yeah, they yell moss flower, and that just becomes like a war cry forever. Yeah. Um, Dinny gets to say "stand on my tunnel," which is such a good fucking phrase. Stand on my tunnel. Stand on my tunnel. <laughs> um, and like, uh, Logalog points out like his uh, uh his village. She's like, that's where they got us. Blah, 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 blah. Shit like that. And then uh, they rename it Woodship and uh, Gonf is like, I would have named it Columbine. Trebs and company are just like, I say, that's a bit strong, Gonful Sailor. Has Columbine really got a wooden bottom? And two ears that stick out like sails? And they narrowly ducked the pail of seawater that Gonf hurled at them. I love it. Like, he gets so embarrassed about how his crush on her. It's so cute. It's really, really cute. <laughs> Um, and they find there's the river up there. Um, there's lots of food and armor and stuff on the ship. Um, 
It's like it's a good ship. It's well stocked. Like uh, Rip Fang was a successful pirate, so yeah. like, they've got all this good shit. He liked living in luxury, as most pirates tried to do. So yeah, and then we 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 flip back to Kotur, where Argalor is awake. That's literally the first line of this chapter. Argalor was awake. Yeah, just the bird is awake. And shifting on his high spruce perch, he glared down greedily through his old watery eyes at the red-cloaked figure crossing the parade ground of Kotor. At last, Pine Martin! And Sarmina is trying to convince Bane that the gates are rocking on their hinges. Yeah. And Bane is just like, I really don't think they are. And she's like, well, check outside. Maybe it's on the other side where the damage is. Um... And she's like acting, she's, she's play acting so much. She's like so concerned and worried. And she's like, I'm just, uh, are you sure though? Are you sure? And as soon as he's outside, she's back inside. She slammed the gates and bolted them. And he's like, what? Bane pretty firmly grasps the idiot ball here. He really does. Like, he but got, because like, he she's got... buttering him up and yeah. acting like, cause like she, she's, he got she's also a lady. There's definitely, what? He got comfortable and dropped his guard. Yes. Yes. And she's definitely play acting up like the fact that she's a lady. Yeah. Which honestly, smart on her part, dumb on his part. (laughs) Well, I mean, using people's expectations against them is always a good tactical move. And like none of Bane's crew can help him because they're on the other side of the ground. They don't even know Working on the larder door. Yeah. How are 60 people working on a larder door? I don't know. (laughs) And then, you know, Argalor catches him and um, they, like, uh, the fox is like, what the fuck? And then, like, hits him with the sword twice. Uh, The eagle starts trying to, like, eat him. Chib is just watching. Yeah. Sarmina is at her window dancing up and down in fiendish glee. I love it when that's used. Uh, It's so good because I'm just imagining her, like, clapping her paws, like, big, vicious grin. Jumping up and down, like, hopping from foot to foot. Yes, like, like that I image is burned in my brain. And then we get this far above Mossflower. Argalor won the battle. Bane gave a final shudder and went limp, the curved sword falling from his lifeless paws. The ancient eagle felt cheated. This was no Pine Martin. It was a fox. Argalor's heart sank in his breast. It did not rise again. The roomy eyes shut in the same instant as the great wings folded in death and only the talons remained fixed deep into the dead fox. Sarmina watched as both creatures plunged earthward, two enemies defeated in a single brilliant stroke. I feel so sorry for Argular here. I know. He just wanted to try Pine Martin. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (sighs) Yeah. He served his purpose for the plot and so he was removed. And then we get Ratflank and Brog yelling at each other. Um, Sarmina hears Ratflank yelling and she's like, ah, this is the idiot who keeps being a, bull- a piece of shit. Ah, and she you tells- are motherfucker. Yeah, you are motherfucker. <laughs> and um, she says, she calls Brog and she's like, hey, take Ratflank, find the bodies of the eagle and the fox. And she tells him to bury them um, because I- to that, I think she respects them. Because, like, Fortunata just got fucking yeeted. Yeah. But she tells Brog to bury Argalor and Bane. Because yeah. they were respectable foes. Right. Um, And 
She tells him to kill Ratflank after asking how he feels about him. And he's like, he's a cheeky beast. Called me lots of names. And she's like, how would you like to bury him with the fox and the eagle? And he just laughs. And he's like, can I? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, okay. but don't tell anybody about it. And he's like, can I have the red cloak? And Bane's curved sword? She's like, if you can find it. Uh, where do you think it fell, milady? Sarmina turned her eyes upward as if seeking patience. Brog, I wouldn't know where the sword fell. Or the eagle. Or the fox. Just get out of my sight and don't bother me with details. And he's like, but what about... Yes, milady. And he just fucking leaves. Yeah. Like, oh, I better stop pushing my luck. Yeah. Um, and then now we're back with the... Uh, uh, the woodlanders. Yeah. It's a really short little snippet. The moles reach Kotor and the flooding begins. Or at least they attempt yeah. to start the flooding. Well, because it starts, and this is still kind of, I guess, the beginning-ish of summer, because yeah. you get water actually flowing into the tunnels. Yeah. But then when we come back to them, it's actually not. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we have the wood ship, uh, and they're trying to pull it up the fucking river, but the river moss is very fast flowing. This is a strong river. Yeah. And they're struggling. They are fucking struggling. Uh, they've renamed it Woodship. Everybody is manning the ore banks. Martin is uh, sat with Timbalisto. He's like, damn, I didn't realize this was such heavy work. And Timbalisto's like, it's fine, it's fine. You got this. We're actually getting it's, food now. This is easy. Yeah. We're not chained to it. There's no sea rat whip. We're good. Um, they have to pull it through the riverbanks. Logalog is like using the galley oars to use the dunes to push them around and punt them like around. Which is very clever. Uh yeah, and then they, they, they get to uh, Logalog's old uh, uh, village. They finally get to the Northwest True Village, and everybody is just like, there you are. Like, everybody, like, all of these, like, little baby shrews are grown up. There's new shrews, and they're just all, like, getting to know each other again. Gonf is singing a song around a mouthful of pie. And the shrews love it. Oh, yeah, they're just, um, like, it's a good time. And then we get this freaking stupid line. The moon rose like a white china plate over the peaceful scene on the banks of the River Moss. And I'm like, there is no China here, sir. <laughs> yeah, there is no China. There's no China. Also, I have a note is that Martin and Tim Ballisto should kiss. And Kit told me that bromances are valid. And I'm like, but Kit, mouse kisses. Bromances are valid. <laughs> They are. No, I agree. Also, but for, also some, mouse for some context to every, like, listeners out there, I am ace. So my general default yes. is friendship. <laughs> yes. Kit, Kit generally defaults to friendship and I'm gayish. I'm just gay. <laughs> I'm gay. Okay. Anyway, Listen. back with Sarmina. Um, and she's like, she's disarmed Bane's crew, and she is just like, you have nowhere to go, so you serve me now. Fucking Brog is, he's got Ashleg's cloak, he's got Bane's sword, he is like, strutting around like a fucking peacock. He thinks life <laughs> is good. And then she hears water. And she starts to freak out. Yeah. And she orders Brog to take everybody in search the entire fortress from top to bottom for this running water. Except, but no one wants to go check the underwater lake because it's scary. Yeah. No I mean, one knows what else is down there. I don't blame them. <laughs> Me either. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. And like, 
And <laughs> I love, though, this line, like, she's like, Listen, it's water flowing, dripping, spilling somewhere. Ugh. Brog gave careful ear. Suddenly, he brightened up. Ha! Huh. Yeah, I could hear it now, lady. You're right. There is water about somewhere. Damp, do you think? The sound of water produced was so distressing an effect upon Sarmina that she forgot to chide Brog. Damp, do you think? It's like, <laughs> British! It's so stupid! It's so British, though, too! Yeah, and she can't sleep because she's just hearing this water. She was reduced to a crazed, terrified kitten, trembling at the sound of dripping water in the darkest darkness, longing for morning light to come stealing over the horizon. This is where we get some more of that sanism, but honestly, like, if you're just constantly hearing something that you are terrified of, I would just be a, a, a mess. Well, not just that, there but, was... like, I I had, like, a really bad, like, panic attack a couple years ago which left me shaken for months afterwards and Mm -hmm. i remember like the first couple of nights when that panic attack really got its teeth into me that exact thought of like not being able to sleep because i was so terrified of what i would have to face the next day like like the thought of like i want to sleep because then i can escape it but if i sleep i'm just gonna have to start the process all over again Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. like, reading that sequence, it's like, oh, that hits home a little too hard. Yeah. I have used to get night terrors when I was in uh, high school, and one of them was... Uh, this is the one that sticks out the most, because the rest of them I was able to kind of get over pretty quickly, but this one still kind of fucks with me as an adult. Yeah. Um, I woke up from a dead sleep convinced that there was a zombie in my room that was waiting for me and i could hear it breathing i could hear it like i could hear it like and it was terrifying i was paralyzed i was under my blanket and i managed to get my phone and like text uh at my my boyfriend at the time and like text because usually he's awake at three in the morning (laughs) Um, at the time he was usually awake at three in the morning and I texted him like terrified out of my mind and he was very dismissive about it, which yeah, Mm. but, but like, it was just one of those things where it's like, I could not get back to sleep. Of course not. The only reason I did fall back asleep is because I was just so exhausted. Yeah. Eventually your body is just like, no, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. So like this right here, I feel like it's. Yes, it is sanism, but at the same time, it's like he he manages to capture that that all-consuming terror very well. Like, when yeah. you are trapped in your mind and you cannot escape. Yeah, and she's just constantly hearing this, like, flow of water. Um, and then we get back with Coram, and, like, this is where it is now. It's, it's, it's midsummer. It's very hot. And the river is just sending barely a trickle down the tunnels. And... They're just all like, God damn it. Yeah, like we we did all this work and this is all we get. Okay. Yeah, after all that underwater digging and tunneling, then there's the lives that were lost too. Huh, it makes me mad. This is like Lady Amber. She like whacked her tail down really irritably. Um, And so what they do is... um, There's, like, we get this cute little scene where, like, all the children are, like, pushing little boats around. They go down. So One of them just... goes down the hole, and uh, Spike is like, can you get it back for me? And Columbine's like, it's gone for good now. It's gone forever. 
Um, Except your boat's loss. Yeah. Uh, and Bella is back. Uh, and they talk about moving everybody to Gingerveer's farm for a few seasons just to let the tunnels do their work. And Skipper is like, but that would mean that the cat has won. And Abbas Germain bangs a wooden bowl on the table to restore order. And they, mind, she is old, she is frail, and she busts this bowl in two. Yeah, she is not having any of this. Yeah, and Bella is like, listen, it's not running and it's not her winning because it's on our terms. We are leaving and we will come back. Yeah. It's something I see a lot in certain fantasy books where they're like, like, where we live, we are not, like, Mossflower is not just the forest, but, like, it is us. We, the people who make it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot in other, like, better fantasy series where it's like, yeah, like, the place you live is important. But it's the people who populate it that make it what it is, that make up up a nation or a group or a family or a village. Like, just saying, like, well, I live in Mossflower is, like, good and well, but, but, like, that doesn't make, make it, like, we're not no longer Mossflowerians if we have to leave. We are who we are. Yeah. But they do yeah. agree after a bit of mole sense where they give the comparison of like, if we keep that bowl, like if that bowl is cracked, it's not much good. But if the pieces are put back together again, it can still be a bowl. So it's like, if we stick together, we are strong. Yeah, it's, but if in us, in, it, but, but if in us sticking together, then we're useful. And old Denny second in, formal be right, Miss Bell. Tis wonderful mole sense. And then uh, the abbess is like, maybe a lesson in mole logic would not be a bad thing for a wildcat queen to learn. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, God. It's a very and then we go exchange. It is. And then we jump back to Logalog and company, and he calls, them, calls the hares bunny rabbits, and they're like, excuse you. Yeah. Like, I beg your pardon, old Loga thing. Steady on with the name calling there, oh mighty leader. Indeed, we're hares, not bunny rabbits, do you mind? Did you just call him <laughs> whose name has been shortened to TB. TB, like, only once, though. He only calls him TB once in this yeah. entire section. It's like, And, like, he's like, the hares are an odd lot. And Martin is like, they're seasoned warriors, though. Don't let their silly talk fool you. Like, they they are. They will fuck some shit. Yes. And then they're in Mossflower. Um... And, and Martin comments, like, we should make Camp Willow around midday. I never noticed us navigating the ford. Logalog is like, I chanced it in the dark. It's like, sir, why? Because the wood ship, the wood ship is uh, one yeah. of those, it's a, it's a skimmer. It has a flat bottom. Yeah. Flat bottom um, girls, they make this rockin' oh world God, go I'm round. I'm gonna, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> We're I'm only in episode you. two and I've already been divorced about five times. <laughs> well, not episode two, but recording two. I'm sure this will be like episode yeah. three or four by this point. It's just going to become a running joke. I'm going to divorce you every episode. <laughs> What's that? Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they start getting through the the. They start. They they continue up Mossflower River, and now we're in chapter forty five. We're almost there, folks. Um, yes, and Sarmita is listening everywhere for this water she is on the parade ground flat with her ear to the ground and she's listening for water and she calls brog over and she's like listen press your ear to the wall do you hear water and brog is like no 
um, then she's like, hmm, maybe it's my imagination. And she asks him, like, if he searched below the cells, and he's like, oh, positive, milady. Brog, if I thought you were lying to me, you did search there, didn't you? And then Brog and the weasel just, captain, he just Brog fucking out. just... Like, Your Majesty, I personally went alone to the place beneath the cells where it's all damp and green with slime and fungus. I searched around that underground lake where the gloomer lived. The place was full of strange echoes and dripping sounds. Maybe that's what you've heard. The place is always full of odd echoes and dripping noises down there in the blackness. Should we go down there together and recheck it, milady? Sarmina could not stop her whole body shaking. She sat on the ground, unconsciously wiping her paws across her coat. No, 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 Brog. I won't be going down there. I'll be up in my chamber if you need me for anything. Like, he calls her out on this. Like, he uses her fear hard. And, yes. And there's something, oh, yeah. like, really kind of refreshing about seeing, like, an otherwise token throwaway kind of character getting, like, his moment of, like, ah, I can be clever, too. Yeah. He gets that moment where he's allowed to be clever. He also um, puts another, like, one of his men in their place. Yeah. Um, God. And, like, he's the only captain in Coder at the moment. Right. So it's like he is, again, he is living his best life at the moment. And he knows it. Yeah. Like, he's strutting around like life is good. He's got the key to the larder. He's got a captain's cloak. Life is good. Yeah, and then we get, we finally, finally, the Woodlanders and Martin and company meet back up. Because the Chib sees the wood ship, Bella and everybody goes, and they're like, oh, this might be bad, it's a pirate ship, because Chib describes it as such. It's kind of a scary ship. Yeah, because they, they all, uh, all they then, do is repaint the name, and that's it. Yeah. And, and Bella yells to them, and Dinny is like, oh, I know who's shouting. Uh, Dinny fucking just gets up and bellows, You're, there be a beast aboard who is a perishing from love for one called Columbine. And Gaunt <laughs> just, just shoves him in the water. Just like Gaunt's just like, in the water. just chucks his friend in the water. And they have like a good reunion and... Martin and Bella speak in private. Oh, that's um, sad. And Bella is, she is, she's been, like, she she is full of sorrow and she has been crying. And they've all exchanged all of the things that have happened in the two areas this whole time. Yeah. It is a good moment, like, good set of moment to end this. And this is where we also get Skilly and Duff. And I'm like, I want to eat Skilly and Duff because Skilly <laughs> is seafood and potato stew. And uh, Duff is plum. It's plum and chestnut Duff in cream and beechnut sauce. I don't know what Duff is, except it's a dessert. <laughs> there are so many desserts here that I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Yeah. And so Bella talks with the hares. Um about like boar and like basically martin tells them like tell her about her father yeah um and martin took command instinctively the warrior mouse seemed to have grown in stature and confidence since his return every woodlander now looked upon him with a respect that bordered upon awe here's our arthurian bullshit because mm -hmm. like uh, he just he shows up and takes over yeah, he stood on the peak of the after-end gallery, the sword glinting under a full moon. 
And God. Yeah, this whole bit, it's like, Abbas Germain nodded approvingly at the commanding figure. Tell us what you want us to do, Martin. The warrior mouse drew his sword and leaned on the pommel stone as his blade pierced the deck timber. Trust me, Mossflower will be saved. I have been thinking of a plan that I will not explain at present. First, I must see certain things before I know it can be executed properly. Now, we must sleep until the morning. Tomorrow, after the little ones are somewhere safe, you will see what I intend. Do not worry anymore. Our force has been doubled by the numbers who have sailed back with us, and we have seasoned warriors with us now. Bor the fighter cannot be here tonight, but I know that his strong spirit watches over us. From beyond the gates of Dark Forest, he sent me with this sword to make an end of Sarmina and all who follow her. I promise you that I will. Every creature who saw Martin the warrior that night knew, without a shadow of a doubt, he was the one chosen to keep that promise. And that is the end of chapter 45. That is the end of book two. Yep. And it is real good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we started getting into these last few chapters and like both of our notes just kind of stop happening. Because we were like reading and actually enjoying the reading. Yeah. Um, because once, once the action starts happening, Brian writes a good book. Yeah. Holy shit. His fights are written fantastically i would have to actively stop myself and be like okay i need to take a note yeah. here <laughs> yeah i didn't take any notes here because like i knew it's like when we get into this point there's not really a lot to talk about this is a rehashing and a catching up yeah there's not a lot to talk about here right god so <laughs> we finished book two of moss flower four hours oh hang on almost four hours later yep we will we get used to this right? we promise yeah yeah, it's just talking and it's not going to be four hours once yeah. I cut out some stuff, but yeah. whatever. So we do have some questions. As always, we ask that you, this is a book club. You can come to us and you can ask us questions. You can ask them to us on the Twitter uh, or in our Discord, which will be linked in the description below. Mm -hmm. We have a book club. Come join us. Come talk about Redwall with us. We would love it if you'd talk about Redwall with us. <laughs> so... One that we have that's just kind of a question, and we did actually have this asked from somebody as well, is like, what's your favorite weird Abbey food so far? And we're not in the Abbey yet, but right. I want Skilly and Duff. And I made a note of that nut pudding, because like, I really want to know what is that? Like, for some reason, they're like, oh, yeah, nut right? pudding, and I'm just like, what is that? I want to know. I might do some more research into like, uh, what like British nut pudding is, yeah. and we'll find out. We'll see. And then we got a similar question from Emily in our Discord. What was our favorite food from the books and have we made any? We did answer this in the Discord and we've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, I've made uh, strawberry fizz and blackberry cordial. Um, I want skilly and duff and I want deeper and ever turnip and tater pie. Honestly, like the things that I want to try the most from Redwall is like usually the way they'll describe the drinks that they make, like the strawberry God. cordial. Right. Or like the dandelion wine. I don't even like wine and I want to try that because just the way they describe it. You can make a, a dandelion oh. cordial too. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, you can also make dandelion root coffee. Oh yeah. Like dandelions are mm -hmm. awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, I can send you the recipe I use to make the cordial and it can be done with any berry if you want to try it. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'm ho I've got the house to myself for two weeks. I can bake weird stuff and have fun. Yep. <laughs> and then we have some more questions from... Uh, Emily, uh, who was your favorite Redwall villain? 
And these are kind of general questions, not specifically for this book. These are our general questions. I have, um, honestly, like, villains, it's hard for me to choose because, like, there's a lot of really good villains and most of them are written pretty well. I'm trying to remember. It's been so long since I've read so many of these books. Well, for the moment, like, as, like, I've only reread a handful of books recently, but, like, my favorite, and, like, I remember this from high school as well, uh, Slagar the Fox. Or Slagar the Horse. Oh, yeah. Because, like, yeah. Just, Slagar love, is fucking great. I love how, like, just, like, half his face is melted off, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna screw this guy up. Like, I'm gonna mess with this guy who did this to mm-hmm. me. And, like, half the people he hurts are like, we've never even heard of you. And he's just like, I don't care. You know, I, and, I like him. He's a very good yeah, villain. He's, he's a very good villain. I guess if I had to pick one, it would be the ferret from Outcast of Redwall. Like, he's not even actually a villain. Yeah, he just got royally abused by the people. Yeah, who he just in. got completely fucked over. It's not it. It's not yeah. his fault. Justice it's not for his the fault. Outcast. Ugh. Also from Emily is who was our favorite lackey? Ashlegs. Um, I think we'll. Yeah, we're gonna answer this one specifically for this book. Yeah. Uh, Fortunata. Uh, I think Fortunata is my favorite. I just um, I just like Ashlegs because he saw what was going on and decided to skip out. Like he is the he's, smartest. He saw the writing on the wall and he was yeah. like, "Fuck this shit! I am out." The smartest mook I've ever seen. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite side character slash characters no one thinks of. Uh, Chib. Chib for me. Yeah. For, for this book, this specifically. book uh, I think it's Mask for this book. Um, character that nobody thinks of. Eh. I can't think of any right now. I guess I'll have an answer to that question later. Um, Honestly, for me, it's like probably like the weird one-off like side creatures that will show up in later <laughs> books. Like, I don't know if I can count that as like a character in general, but I love it when he'll, he'll just like bring in a like like the snakefish the eel like he will just bring yeah. a creature in it will serve a purpose and then go on its merry way yeah it's really good was there an animal that appeared that surprised you slash did an animal subvert expectations snakefish again like when yeah. i was reading this i'm like oh take him to the snakey the fish the snakey fish i'm like what is a snakey fish and then it's just like it is just straight up a talking eel how like how is that, like, why can the eel talk, but other fish can't? Like, I've got so many questions about these, these creatures. Yeah, uh, yeah, snakefish is the same for me. I'm going to delete this part of the outro, because we don't need it. Alright, so, that is our questions. What did you think of, of this part of Moss Flower Kit? I definitely enjoyed it quite a bit more than reading the first mm-hmm. half, because this is where, like, the yes. action is picking up. There yes. was also, like really really well written solid pieces in this like for as much as it It... skips around each little skip each little story segment is very well written Mm -hmm. it flowed a lot better um a lot of the things made more sense and that's just because brian is very very good at writing action and he just gets real wordy when he's writing pastoral bullshit yeah I mean, like, you can tell that he enjoys it, which, you know, it can yeah. make it enjoyable as well. But every now and then you're just like, to quote a famous British uh, comedy, get on with it! Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, that's definitely some inspiration for The Long Patrol. It oh has to be. Oh my God. <laughs> they are just anyway, the of silly walks. 
God. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Abbey Archives. We're grateful that you lent us your ears, and we hope you enjoyed your time with us. Uh, I've been Izzy. You can find me on Twitter at the Sean Deer. You can also find me on Hope's Hearth Pod, an actual play podcast that I do under the same like uh, umbrella. Like I started that one. I also started this one. I listen. I'm here. <laughs> I'm doing this. Um, you can also I do artwork, and you can find uh, information about my artwork on my Twitter, or you can message me in the Discord about it. Um, yeah. Alrighty. And I have been Kit. You can find me at Kitsy in a box, all one word, on Twitter. Um, I do not have any other podcasts. This is my first podcast. And I thank you all for your patience. Um, I created and draw a closed species called Kit Sunday. They're little foxes with ice cream tails. And you They're can find cute. their menu on Twitter and or ask me about them out there. I am very happy to talk about them. I do also have a Discord, but it is invite only. If you want to join yep. the Kids Sunday Discord, uh, message me on Twitter. Or or on Discord. You can talk to Kit about this in the Discord. Yes, but you're gonna I'm have sorry. To we her. do have a Discord. Yeah, you'll have to at me yeah. because um, I have a lot of Discords that I have to take care of. And it was just like, uh, so many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you can also hear both of us on a friend podcast, Escafil Files, pretty regularly. We guest on there talking about, like, some of our favorite stuff. Um, cry about Andalites. Cry about Andalites. You should be able to... When is that again? Uh, depending on when this comes out and when this recording is. Hurry, we can make it under four hours. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be able to hear me uh, on the 29th of August. This is probably not going to be out by that point. Um, but you should listen to the Escafil Files and listen to us do the Hork Bajir Chronicles roundtable, which will be fun. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and just keep an eye out for other stuff that we're going to do. It's going to be great. So you can find both of us at Abbey Archives on Twitter. Follow us there. Again, check out our Discord. Uh, and yeah. You get to do the outro this time. Yep. Uh, may your hearth be warm and your heart be merry from us to you at Redwall Abbey. Bye. Woo! <laughs> we, we did it. Technically All we right. did it under four hours. Okay, are we going to do a clap? Time dot is. Time dot is. Um, at the 55? 55? Okay.
Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at Abbey Archives. And if you'd like to read along with us, join our Discord, linked in the description below. You can also follow our parent podcast at Hope's Hearth Pod. Remember to wash your paws like good dibbins and take care of yourselves. Bye!